Disclaimer. This podcast does not provide formal medical advice. The information including but not limited to text, graphics, audio, images, and other material contained on this podcast are for informal purposes only. No material presented is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. So this is MD Femme. I'm Dr. Scatliff. Okay, this is Isabel Castor once again, Dr. <laughs> Lovna Chowdhury, and Dr. Kimberly Works for part two of our self-care is healthcare episode. And we're going to pick up where we left off and talk about, you know, remind everybody about taking off your makeup properly, and then we'll segue into the rest of the conversation. So, so yes. So what we were discussing, mm-hmm. making sure you're removing your makeup properly, and then after that, hydration. People always... I'm going to wash my makeup off, and then they don't finish with a hydrator. So it's very, very mm-hmm. important to hydrate before you go to bed. And they think, well, why? I'm not going to go outside. It's mm-hmm. important because before you go to bed, you're going to be sleeping for how many hours in bed? You need to have hydration. And separate from that, the other part of it is also making sure you're sleeping properly mm. and sleeping in the right yeah. position. So I'm going I'm to take this as a pulmonologist. Sleep hygiene is so important. And when I say sleep hygiene, what does that mean? Sleep hygiene means the environment that you set around yourself when you're going to bed. People always come in with complaints of sleep and actually pulmonologists are the ones who have to deal with that. We are the sleep doctors, okay? And so basically what the issue is is that you're not creating an environment that tells your brain, hey, it's time to go to bed. No lights, no lights, no TV. No TV. Yes, I said it. It can't be playing in the background. Their Netflix can't be running on on Shadow and Bone, guys. Let it go. Turn it off. Okay. All right. I, I'm speaking to somebody special. All right here. Okay. No problem. If you snore, if you snore, you might have sleep apnea. You need to see your doctor. Okay. You can have a sleep study. You can get an auto pap. There's therapy for that. It'll change your life. You'll lose weight. Please go and you'll sleep. Exactly. That's why you'll lose weight. You'll have energy in the morning to actually go and exercise. Please, if you're a snorer or if you live with a snorer, a lot of marriages end from snoring. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) I had a woman come in to the clinic one day and say, if you don't do it, I will. I said, excuse me? What are you talking about? He's driving me insane. He sounds like a truck. I said, okay. (laughs) You need a sleep study. It sounds like you need a sleep study. Let's get him a sleep study quickly. And this man had a horrible apnea, hypopnea index. That's basically the index of how many times you stop breathing and how many times your breaths go down to very low, okay? And you, that when you're getting that, you're not getting into REM. REM is where you dream. REM is where you rest. REM is where your memories get restored and everything. Like, you need that part of sleep. So if you're not falling into deep sleep, you're not getting restorative sleep. So you can sleep and still not be rested. Some warning signs are waking up with headaches, dry mouth, okay? Mm -hmm. Having that raspy voice in the morning because you've been breathing through your mouth all night, okay? Being congested, that's another red flag. You don't have to be fat to have sleep apnea. You can have a deviated septum. 
-hmm. There's a whole lot of other conditions that can cause it too. So you want to make sure that you're watching for those signs. Okay. Um, the other thing with sleep hygiene too is not just lights and sound. Don't drink caffeine after 2 p.m. It'll keep you up. Caffeinated and, and those kinds of things. That, that's so that, this is what I'm going to segue into adaptogens. Okay. What is an adaptogen? An adaptogen is a natural way of modifying our human chemistry to get the effects that we want. Hi, this is Dr. Scatliff, your pulmonary critical care physician and founder of MD Fem Incorporated, and we're talking about adaptogens. Adaptogens are natural substances. They're considered to help the body adapt to stress, and they exert a normalizing effect upon bodily processes. Now, what are the three qualities that a plant needs to be considered an adaptogen? It needs to be non-toxic when taken in normal doses. It has to help your body cope with stress, and it needs to allow you to return to your normal balance. Is it a permanent solution? Absolutely not. It is not a permanent solution for long-term stress. For long-term stress, you need to be taking away the things that are inside the stress, number one. You need to be talking to a therapist, number two. You need to be exercising, number three. And number four, you need to be consulting your physician, okay? So adaptogens do bring your body back into a steady balance for a short period of time by managing both physical and mental stresses. An example of what they do is if you're in a short-term state, it reduces your cortisol levels. But if you're in a chronic stress state, it might increase the level of cortisol in your body. Adaptogens work as a temporary bandage. They are not, again, the permanent solution. There are several types of adaptogens that are out there on the market right now. One of the most common ones we hear about is American ginseng. Okay, It offers immune system support. It decreases inflammation. In addition to this type of um, effect, ginseng also combats stress. It boosts your nervous system and improves how your body responds to stimuli. Some studies suggest that American ginseng can actually reset your dopamine levels and regulate your mood. There's ashwagandha, which is the big one that's out in the market right now. It's had a positive effect on the endocrine, nervous, immune, and cardiovascular systems by regarding your um, regulating your metabolism. Um, it offers some type of protection for your cells as an antioxidant, and it also seems to reduce swelling and anti-inflammatory reaction. It can have effects on your liver, and so that's why before you start any of these medications, you have to consult your physician, okay? Asian ginseng is another one. This type of ginseng helps relieve both mental, okay, and physical fatigue. Ginseng can improve your energy and performance during stressful activities. There's eleuthero, which is basically similar to ginseng, and it relieves stress and fatigue. It's an adaptogen that helps to also boost your immune function and immune modulator. There's Rhodolia. Rhodolia rosea is actually the formal name and it alleviates symptoms of fatigue, anxiety, and depression. And there are some studies that are now showing that it helps improve your performance during stressful situations at work or during extraneous physical activity, okay? So adaptogens are a solution, okay? They're a short-term solution, but they're not a solution that you should start without talking to your doctor. That's right. Before you start any adaptogen, you should consult with your physician. Okay. I'm saying it again, consult with your physician or your healthcare provider regarding potential effects and interactions, especially if you have pre-existing conditions or you're on any medications. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. Scatliff and you're tuned into MD. A lot of people take pharmacological drugs for anxiety for ADHD, for things like that. Adaptogens are natural ways of trying to achieve the same thing. So there's a huge one that's become very popular on the market right now, ashwagandha, okay? Everybody and their mother is selling this thing, okay? And it's for anxiety. 
It's really for anxiety, for anxious people, for individuals who are having problems with appetite, things of that nature. So if you want something that's a natural alternative to your Xanax, you might want to try that. It comes in gummy form. What are form. some people that cannot take ashwagandha? What if you're like on blood thinners or something like that? Can you take so it? If you are on any medications, you should consult your physician before taking anything here. And MDFEM is not giving you medical advice, eh? So don't come in my DMs with no nonsense. Okay, I'm just going to make that real clear. I have disclaimers everywhere. All right? So do not. This is not medical advice. You okay. have to talk to your doctor, okay? Good. If you're on okay. any medication, because we don't know. Remember, with holistic therapies and natural therapies, they have not been FDA approved. They have not been tested. They have not had randomized controlled trials. We don't know. So you have to be super dupe careful, okay? Please, please, please. Another adaptogen that, that you know, so, so therapy that we're talking about now is nootropics nootropics that's n-o-o-t-r-o-p-i-c-s and what's that all about it's an alternative to adhd medication a lot of people who have adhd including myself okay we get placed on adderall okay and adderall has horrible side effects it can stop you from sleeping because it keeps it's a stimulant basically it's a stimulant right it keeps you up okay and it can cause your blood pressure to go through the roof Okay, you can end up with hypertension from being on Adderall for years. So people have been trying to look for alternatives to Adderall. And nootropics is now the new trend to that. Okay, does it work? I can't say. There's not enough research out there. Should you try it? Again, talk to your physician. Okay, but if your blood pressure is abnormal and you're on Adderall, you should start talking to your psychiatrist or your physician and say, hey, is there a better alternative out here for me? And press them. Don't take no for an answer. Have them do the research. They are your doctor or find a doctor that will. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to leave that there. I'll <laughs> let you know how it works out for me because I'm coming off of it. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I was like, my blood pressure was, was too high for me. To, for the likes of me, because I was like, my parents have, well, my father has hypertension. And I was like, I do not want hypertension. I have lost, let's see. I've lost 85 pounds. Good job. In the last, what, three three years? 85 pounds. Okay? And when I saw my blood pressure high, I was like, that's not right. What is that? <laughs> so I was like, why is it 85 pounds? And then I realized it's the Adderall. Mm-hmm. It's the Adderall. Yeah, then also to piggyback on the ADHD, because I also suffer, suffer from ADHD, and a lot of my clients do as well. So I have a concierge practice, and so a lot of my clients want something different than the medications, right? Because as you mentioned, medications, not just, you know, uh, insomnia, but some of them can cause hallucinations, you know, hearing stuff and seeing stuff that's not there. And so a lot of people want different stuff. So I came across this book someone gave me. I don't know if you can see it. It's very old. Yeah, we can see it. Uh, it's a very old book. And it talks about ADHD, about medication. It talks about meditating. So I started meditating since March. I feel a lot of self calmness, right? It also talks about mm -hmm. getting a good, nice sleep. Because if you're tired, then you're less likely. And those are firecrackers still going on. And this is like the six, okay? So that's another thing. If mm -hmm. you um, if you if if you are not sleeping well, then the next day you're going to be less likely to control your impulses, right? So a proper sleep. Um, then it also talks about your diet, sugar, soda. It also goes into like you know foods that are artificially colored, stuff like that. You know, those things are also going to cause stimulants and a poor diet, and so the, all those things going to affect affects your concentration.
So, um, so, so can we also talk about like how people think juice is healthy? Oh my goodness. So I was just about to say, I was just about to say, I was just about to say, I don't know if it's just a, if it's just us or if it's no. a whole world thing, but no. like, you know, when we growing up, they always gave you juice, the juice, 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 juice. If you turn juice around and you start reading the contents of your regular juice that you buy from the store, it is mostly high fructose sugar. corn syrup, sugar, 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 sugar. So I tell everybody, just eat the orange. Go get an orange and eat it. Forget the juice. Go get an apple and eat it. Forget the juice. The, the benefits of it. Thank you. The benefit <laughs> yes. is the fiber, exactly. the natural fiber. And it's actually going to be a slower release of glucose mm, than if you exactly. drank the juice. Mm, okay. Yeah. That apple juice that you think is all natural. Oh, honey, all natural apple juice ain't clear. Oh, no, 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 no. That, you can't see through all natural apple juice if it's real. Well, here's another thing. <laughs> my, my female patients... Oh, doctor, I started taking cranberry juice for my UTI that developed yesterday. Uh-uh. Is your cranberry juice super bitter and you can barely take it down? No, it's sweet. Well, then that's not going to help you at all because there's no benefits to it. You're there's feeding no the benefits bacteria to that. sugar. Mm -hmm. There's and no so benefits to that at all. Yeah, I think one of the best. I think one of the best things. I'm. I'm not promoting this diet in any shape, way, or form. I just want to put that out there. But one of the best things that I did for myself was keto, and the reason for that is that it made me read labels. Mm -hmm. It made me read labels because I got to see what was in the food I was eating, mm -hmm. and all these processed foods. So me and Izzy were just talking about this the other day about how much these cereals that kids eat, like we give them Lucky Charms and Frosted Flakes and this, that is full of sugar and full of artificial colors and flavors. And Kellogg's several years ago, like back in 2016, 2018, had committed to taking out all those things from their cereals because they knew that it was linked to ADHD and all these other developmental issues. And they still have not done it. We're waiting. They probably so did it and tasted it and said no. You know, like, so have you guys good. noticed that this newer, younger generation, I'm having a lot of people come and ask me about ADHD evaluation for their kids, but we're at a generation where technology is everywhere. And you guys were mentioning the blue light with and the sleep too. and all that stuff and how literally hours and hours a day, they're seeing this blue light on the screen, the tablet, the phone, everything. It's like totally different growing up and the way that they are and their ability to concentrate and just like stay focused. I feel like it's n like we're just constantly labeling it ADHD, but it's like mm -hmm. we need to look at their environment, you know? So yes, definitely agree. So this book also mentions that, um, and good for you saying that, it's also the instant gratification that they're also getting from these these games, right? All the lights yeah. and the, all this glamor, and then you, you're feeding positive reinforcement, which is really negative reinforcement, to continue on to play longer, to play longer. So then when they're sitting and reading a book, they can't do it because they're not being stimulated enough. And so yeah. I do mm -hmm. agree with you that the, the diagnosis of ADHD is a lot of times just given out. And it also given out quite a bit, I think, uh, because of lack of parent um, teaching, right? Yeah. A lot of the parents mm -hmm. don't know how to raise their children or to, uh, you, or to. It also makes it easier. They find that it's easier just to give in and Correct. give them the iPhone, give them the iPad, so they can well, stop. Yeah. And well, keep well, quiet, well right? have you, you have you been device. around? Have you been around a four year old boy that slows in his mind? Yes, I have. Yes. So then I have, and I'm here. like, take I'm it. like, just take this phone, take it, take it, Jesus. I can't, no, no, I can't, I can't do so it today. Here, so here's <laughs> my rule with my kids. 
Uh-huh. So we had commercials when we watched TV. First of all, we didn't watch as much TV as these kids do now. But we right. had commercials. A commercial came on. You ran your butt to the washroom. You went and got a snack. You did something as quickly as possible. You ran back. So YouTube allows you to skip the ads. My kids do not skip the ads. They got to go run and do their stuff and wait until that commercial ends. I don't care if it's three ads. They're watching it. Because <laughs> otherwise, they're like constantly like, I want it, I want it, I want it. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's not how life is. Well, this is my thing. Well, well, wait a second. That's not how life is. But we've created a life that's instant gratification. You have fast food. You have you have the fast internet. You have everything is now, right? When we were growing up, it wasn't like that. You had a T. You had. Do you remember TV Guide? You had an actual book that showed you what was on television. AOL. We don't have that. Dial in and connect. And then that also goes broadband about sleep. Everyone wants these Instagram pages, even parents. So I have parents come in about sleeping issues from their kids. You have this yeah. long conversation like you just did um, for mm-hmm. adding for kids, like sleeping on the same time and, you know, cold room and, you know, no TV, yeah. all of that. No one wants to do that. Everybody wants medic medicine. So it's also yeah. the parents. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, it is. Well, because schedules, schedules and discipline and setting boundaries are things that take time and energy and effort. Yeah. So you have to put those into play if you're going to see changes without medication. Mm-hmm. Those are like, let's let's be real. Let's be real. Like, I, I mean, Kim, Kim, I think you're the only one that's really like, like born, raised American. I'm born on American soil, but I was a raised American. I was raised in the Caribbean. And our system is very different from yours. The discipline that you have to have in a Caribbean setting is insane. You, what? What television? What television through the week? Turn it off. Turn it off right now. Go up and I never had cable, guys. <laughs> Kids would talk about Nickelodeon and stuff. I, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not allowed to have cable. Yeah, so I am American. However, my dad was military. So a lot of the oh, that's right. different backgrounds. Um, that's right. Backgrounds. There, there you go. That's a different. Yeah, I, yeah, I got it now. Yeah. Nickelodeon well, is- and all that stuff. There was only one. There was one channel. Where everything came through, right? So like eight to two, or you know, eight to you know nine, the kids cartoons, and then and then news at this time because I lived on a military base overseas. Um, but yeah, my dad, my parents are, you know, my pa- I think it's also different from culturally and then how old the person is, right? So my yes. parents raised me different because my mom's like, we're not friends, just do this, right? But then my, you know, but my my parents who I see, they're trying to befriend their children, you know? So it's just, it just different, it's culturally different, time different, mm-hmm. everything's different now. So, so wait, what are you gonna say, Izzy? Well, it also shows in the aesthetics as well. Right. That everyone wants quick fix. Oh, they, oh, in aesthetics, everybody wants the quick oh. fix. They want oh. a quick fix. I have clients that are begging me to come in weeks earlier than the treatment, and they're like, I'll pay you more money. And it's like, and I have to explain, your body has a way to process things. You can't speed up certain things. Mm. There's no quick fixes. And I, I'm also doing uh, post-lymphatic massages after lipo. And mm-hmm. then there's this misconception, oh, I'm going to do lipo, and my body's going to be amazing right away. And they don't really realize you still have a recovery phase. So you may do the lipo, but it's going to take six months for you to recover and then have the body that you're imagining. And, and, and the other thing about lipo that I think people are not being very transparent. Yeah, six months. You have to. So I don't know if you ladies have seen these fahas, these, 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 these girdles they have to wear, eh? Okay. They're biblical. Okay, I saw one and I went, I'm good. <laughs> I'll never ever ask for that. I'm gonna naturally lose my weight. I was like, oh no, there's a hole cut out. 
for you to go to the bathroom? Oh, that's a, no. You can't take it off? Oh, no, Jesus. That wasn't called to that. No, no. And they did a New York Times article recently where I guess what's going on right now is that folks are going out to Miami. Okay, they're flying out to Miami or to these different places, having the surgeries and then recovering in sister houses, basically, with other women taking care of them, not even nurses, other women who've had the procedure taking care of them. And the photos are gory, let's just say that, bleeding and all these things happening and so forth. And I'm like, this is a high risk of sepsis and infection and all kinds of, I'm, I'm looking at, as an ICU doctor, I'm looking at it going and saying, oh my God, septic shock. Do you see it? Do you see it? No, she, I was like, go to the doctor right now. Why is there an ivy bag hanging in the background? What is happening? What is happening? Like, please, please, please. Your health is your wealth. Your health is your wealth. There is no quick fixes, okay? There's nothing more, like I know that it's very difficult for us to lose weight, you know? I've been big all my life, okay? And I was up to a size 24, okay? And I'm now a size 12. My friends say I'm smaller, but we'll let that go. And um, anyhow, I'm like, I think, to, I think that the time it took to lose the weight also helped me to develop new patterns and new behaviors that are going to keep the weight off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you get this quick fix and you haven't changed your behavior. Guess what? You're going to gain the weight back. Yeah. Right? Like, and then, and then the, and then the, the, I, I personally don't think that like you're doing the procedure, right? And if that's your choice, that's fine. Right. But you also have to listen to your physicians. You can't go AWOL and do what you want to do. Like, begging people to come in early to do more massages or go into these houses and not recovering in a proper rehab, you know, these are all putting your life at risk, putting yourself at, for real bad complications, guys. Okay, so please be careful. Please be careful. I guess the root of... No, go ahead. No, I was going to transition back to the skincare non-invasive stuff. So mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on microneedling? Oh. So, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on microneedling. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that happens with, uh, well, overall, where the trend is going right now is to do non-invasive, um, which I do agree on. It's not about doing quick fixes, but it's about not being in so much pain, not being in so drastic, because one of the things that people were doing was CO2 lasering and bleeding treatments that then you're recovering for two weeks and your face looks like a lobster. And then, yes, your skin looks super, super tight, but you took two weeks of being in a lot of pain. So now people are going more towards the non-invasive where you're not going to have that long recovery and um, not so painful. But so that's one of the great things. One of the things I do a lot in my office is trying to do non-invasive so you can get the same results without being in so much discomfort and pain. Now, microneedling, there's different phases right now of what's going on with microneedling. So is that the one yeah. we have like the the vampire situation yeah i okay. i think that you need to explain what microneedling is because before Wait, for can folks I like myself and kim so we I don't we don't I, I realize that this doesn't work this is not the proper microneedling so that that just hurts work. me that you even used it so i got it before when it became a trend but then i realized i started doing more research you can't do this at home because of the needles not long enough and deep enough and it's a totally different process so you can't use these amazon ones oh. so like that doesn't work so go ahead izzy you go for it so so yeah so 
when microneedling came out, the main, the main goal with microneedling is that you're trying to go deep enough in the epidermis to stimulate your fibroblast cells. That's the main goal that you're trying to do. Now, there's different forms of it. The original form of microneedling when it first came out was a dermapen. It was a small, a small little pen with a small little diameter. And then people, the technique they were using is that they would go in circles and they would go up and down. And that's when you were seeing this vampire facials and people were like super red and bleeding. The problem with that is that I tell people, there is no way you can tell me that you're putting a needle and you're going this way and it's not scraping your skin or you're going in circles and you're not causing extra irritation. The problem is you're causing so much trauma that you actually can hurt the person. So anyone that um, is going to have uh, keloid scars or anything that's going to be more hyperpigmentation, that can actually make it worse. Adding to the fact that it still does downtime. There was a big uh, trend at one point with microneedling is more damage, better results. That's actually not true. There's a doctor that came out with a book saying it's actually quite the reverse. You have to form enough stimulation to stimulate your fibroblasts, but you don't need to go to the point where you're actually injuring the skin to that level. So now the new trend that started happening is what's called microchanneling. And that's actually what I've been doing for the last six years. I do microchanneling, still needles, but the technique is different. So it's a stamp and I'm stamping up and down. So you prevent that scraping and that's what happens with those rollers that you have. If you think about it, if you have a roller, it's pulling it from the back when it comes out mm. to your skin. It may be micro tears, but it's still there. So then with the stamping, you're going up and down and you're not, you're stimulating enough the fibroblast, but you're not scraping. So that decreases your downtime. You're recovering in less time and you see better results. So do you do that with like the PRP where you did the person's serum and then you up also are applying that while you're doing the stamping? So now here's the thing with PRP. PRP is great. Now, there are limitations with PRP. The problem with PRP is as we age, everything is aging. That's why we age. We're not recovering to the same level. So if I do PRP with a 20-year-old, that's the most ideal PRP. But if you're doing PRP when you're 30, 40, 50, you're still using serum. Yes, it's still great because you're concentrating that serum, but it's still not as effective as when you're 20. So that's the limitation of PRP. It's still great, but there is a limitation. Now, with the system that I use the with ProCell, what they do is that they grab the factors, and they obviously pay for 20-year-olds to give bone marrow. They grab the factors specifically, make it into a concentrated dose, bind it with hyaluronic acid, and they that dose makes it a much more effective treatment mm. because it's more reactive factors than someone who's 40, 50. Okay. okay. Okay, so now we talked about microneedling and we talked about microchanneling and so forth. But now, what about this currents, the currents, the, the gloves that you showed me yesterday? Because oh, I was like, yes. what is this? <laughs> You're not testing that on me? <laughs> Until you see it, and you're going to love it. It's like when you did the laser hair removal, you're like, no, and then you're like. Okay, wait, wait, before we go on to the microcurrents, wait, rewind. For my black brothers and sisters who have ingrown hair, okay? I had ingrown hairs on my chin, okay? And I had 
all kinds of problems with these things. Like every time I went to any type of esthetician and getting removal, it was just made it worse and worse and worse and worse and had this black like hyperpigmentation underneath here. And it's normally associated with like PCOS and so forth, but it can just be that you have ingrown hair also, right? And you continue to traumatize the area and so forth. And I started doing laser hair removal. I was skeptic at first, but I started doing it with her, okay? <laughs> and I'm telling you, how, what was it? It's been probably been like a year and a half, yeah. a year and a half. Do you like, like look at my neck it's even it's absolutely even it's insane there's no hair here anymore there's no hair anywhere i love it i absolutely love it i'm like why didn't i do this before it hurts why did i do this before that was the first thing that was the first thing. i was like wait wait is this gonna hurt me is this gonna hurt me I was, I, i'm not a pain person so i was kind of like is this gonna hurt but then as you do it more and more it becomes less sensitive don't do it during your cycle learn that the hard way everything hurts during your cycle just want to <laughs> let you know yeah, you're more sensitive. Yeah, you're extremely I, I more sensitive. I that laser stuff. And for a while, I got tired of getting burnt, so I stopped doing it. So maybe I... So, 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 <laughs> so wait a second. What laser were they using so is the question. I don't remember all that. I do know I went to someone who, um, you know, specialized in black um, hair, skin pigmentation, and she was black as well. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, I was doing my legs and all that stuff, and I still need to shave, like pretty you know like regular with hair removal the main importance is that the gold standard is the new diode and the nd gag those are the, the main uh lasers that are most ideal for every skin tone every um fitzpatrick scale skin tone the thing is that unfortunately what's been happening is that it's become so popular it's become saturated mm -hmm. and in doing so people lose respect over things unfortunately i tell people like you have to have a certain respect over certain things like when you drive after a while you lose respect and then things happen especially when you're young people get into accidents the same thing with lasers people start thinking oh this is so easy and they don't follow the right rules when you're working with lasers the person that you have to be very careful with the skin tone the do the how long you're treating that person and that's when people get burned and also having a good rapport with your client if your client tends to lie then or doesn't feel comfortable with you will lie and then will not tell you oh I was in the sun or this or that so there's many other factors that when when it comes to lasers you have to be very careful so I want to I want to kind of clarify for those who have never had laser before or considering doing it especially for our peoples so I want to make sure number one you're not in the sun in the last 24 hours eh you cannot be in that like, like outside in the 103 degree weather in Houston and then go and go do the burn burn baby burn this case is gonna really hurt and really. sunbathing two weeks yeah oh, well there you go um I have never sunbathed if you've been sun so I if you've been, <laughs> if you've been sunbathing you cannot get laser for two weeks what well, is sunbathing like <laughs> sunbathing <laughs> The when melanated do not know. So Let's people switch. that go out in the sun and they're baking for two hours and then they bake the other side of them and they're in the sun. I already got mine. That's yeah, we are. <laughs> Anyhow, but no, it's okay. We we, we, we empathize with you. We empathize. We understand. I understand. understand. We, yeah, that's a thing. So, that's a thing okay, question is yeah. what about the at home laser hair removals like oh, Tria and all those other ones? Wait, wait, the laser for the home or which one? So Tria, I've I've heard about the one Tria, T R I A. It's a laser. It's a it's a laser, right? Yeah. So the so the the problem and it's FDA that, and it's FDA cleared. It says FDA cleared, not I don't know what's the difference. The technology cleared is not going to hurt you, but true means they do something. 
<laughs> no, I mean, the thing is that when it's FDA cleared, it's basically they, they feel it's safe. But the problem is, the problem is that it's an IPL. Normally, the ones that they sell at home are IPL. IPL cannot be used for dark skin tones, one. IPL cannot be used for darker skin tones. So these lasers that they're selling actually cannot work for darker skin tones. The other problem is that they actually make it in, um, they change the settings for those lasers, so it's lower dose, so you have to do it more often. Mm -hmm. But then the problem with that is if you're getting exposed to the sun or you're using certain products, then you can actually burn yourself. So if you're using retinols, if you're using Accutane, if you're using things like that, you can actually hurt yourself. So I try to deter my clients, I'm like, if you're going to do this, you should do it professionally because a professional will know what they're doing. Okay. And not just any professional. You need to do your homework. Like anything, you need to do your homework. You can't just go to anyone because you're trusting your skin. It's still your health, and you can burn yourself and hurt yourself. Right. Okay. 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 I didn't know Good, to know. Good to know. Yeah. It's so, so I, I, you know, I've, I, I ha I've had laser actually one time before before you with someone else and I, what I found was number one was the wrong laser okay it was for underarms wrong laser number one number two not enough gel okay and too much application time they went over too much times and that caused burn those were like trigger trigger triggers so you want to ask a lot of questions you want to do your research just like Isabel said here and you know you want to make sure you trust your esthetician you know, you have like, to have open communication. Yeah. Be truthful and honest and, and let them know everything. OK, because people feel, oh, I can't miss my appointment. I'm not going to tell her that I was in the sun because I really don't want to miss it. But then they don't realize that they, they can burn themselves. OK. OK. All right. Um, so, you know, we've covered a lot of different topics on this episode, hey, and these two episodes. <laughs> and um, there's probably tons of questions that are going to come up from folks once they read, you know, they listen to us and they read up on their own and so forth. So feel free to DM us at MDFEM on IG, okay, or to email us, MDFEM at gmail.com. So, I think we can wrap it up here, guys. Anything from anyone else? Nope. It was a pleasure. Thanks for being here with us, Izzy. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Lobes. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. guys. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Hi, everyone. This is Isabel from Hatswell Beauty. I am the owner and primary medical esthetician. I'm located at 160 East 56th Street, uh, New York, New York, 10022. I provide different services at my location. It varies from intensive facials with extractions, dermaplaning, microchanneling with ProCell for hair regrowth and anti-aging, ranging from acne scars, as well as lifting and fine lines and wrinkles. I do IPL laser, which encompasses acne treatments, photofacials, skin tightening. I do body contouring with cavitation, RF cellulite treatment, as well as post liposuction lymphatic drainage. And my new treatment that I included to my practice just recently is microcurrent. So Dr. Works had a question earlier about rice water and why are, why are we doing this? Why is this the new trend and how does this work and so forth? And so from my personal experience, rice water smells horrible when you make it at home. It's very difficult to make. And now there's the commercially available products that have all this rice water in them. There's actually bars of shampoo that you can buy that have like rice protein, rice water, so forth into it. And so how about you tell me? 
and educate us, okay? What's the benefits of rice water? So one of the biggest benefits, and it's not just rice water, it has to be fermented. Mm, Fermented rice water. The thing is that normally what happens is that the rice, especially, and that's the other problem, it has to be rice from certain regions because certain regions have more amino acids present in those rice. Not Uncle Ben then? Not Uncle Ben? Not Uncle Ben? No. He's not Uncle Ben. (laughs) You guys, you guys, not basmati, not basmati rice, <laughs> not basmati rice. I got a whole bag of this. I need them. Must just disclose that we do not speak against Uncle Ben or basmati rice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, what they have found, especially in the region uh, in China, uh, with that has uh, women that have really thick, long hair, and even until their old age, they tend to use shampoo that's based with rice water that's been fermented. What they found is that that fermented rice it releases uh, the component called patera, which helps stimulate the re- the cell growth and strengthening of the hair, mm. and also the skin separate from that it has a lot of amino acids it releases a lot of nutrients that help with the with the growth of hair specifically and it can also be used for the skin as well so then they now have these companies that have shampoo uh bar shampoos that help with that and that's why the biggest thing with them so what areas are the best rice water from what countries or what they areas? found what i mean they, they overall they found that it's still very beneficial but this um company it's called viori that's the company i like using and that's the company i like referring my clients it's um, from a specific uh, small village in China so that company buys a lot of rice from that region and for and does the same process that the indigenous community there does ferments it and makes this, these soaps from it and it's really so is great. it a bar or is that a liquid it's a bar it's a bar soap and actually I've never used bar soaps in my life I was always very anti bar soaps until I started using this company and actually it leaves your your uh, your hair actually really soft which is surprising. Okay. And so how often are you supposed to wash your hair? Uh, uh, well, that's... That uh, depends on <laughs> sebum production, your ethnicity, your length of your hair, all these different... Because for me, I don't wash my hair more than every two to three weeks. I have locks. Like, I would be drying my hair out to the wazoos. So it's different for everybody. I do it like every two days, See, every two to three days. And it's because your sebum production is different from mine. Actually, really big, 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 big hit. And I, I got to do this really quickly because we got to wrap it up. But yeah, for for my my black people, we are producing sebum from our scalp. So do not over oil your scalp because what you're doing is you're going to clog your pores and you're going to stop your hair growth and you're going to also get dandruff. Okay, please, 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 when you're washing your hair, make sure you dry it completely before you go to bed. You're going to get a fungal infection, family. Please, please get the dryer out. Blow, get that scalp dry. Please, and hair please, loss. please. And, yeah. and hair loss. Okay, and if you're going to the braiders, please protect your edges. Don't let them pull. pull, pull. Hold it down. Like hold it down. Hold it right down. Hold it right down. Don't let them pull. Traction alopecia is real. Pull out a piece. 